0: Act four of Henry V This is a Librivox recording. All Librivox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit Librivox.org. Henry the Fifth By William Shakespeare. Act four. Prologue Enter Chorus Now entertain conjecture of a time when creeping murmur and the pouring dark fills the wide vessel of the universe from camp to camp through the foul womb of night the hum of either army stilly sounds that the fixed sentinels almost receive the secret whispers of each other's watch fire answers fire and through their paly flames each battle sees the other's umbered face Steed threatens steed, in high and boastful neighs piercing the knight's dull ear, and from the tents the armourers, accomplishing the knights with busy hammers closing rivets up, give dreadful note of preparation. The country cocks do crow, the clocks do toll, and the third hour of drowsy morning name proud of their numbers, and secure in soul, the confident and over-lusty French do the low-rated English play at dice, and chide the crippled, tardy-gated knight, who, like a foul and ugly witch, doth limp so tediously away. The poor, condemned English, like sacrifices, by their watchful fires sit patiently, and inly ruminate the morning's danger and their gesture sad investing lank-lean, cheeks and war-worn coats presenteth them unto the gazing moon, so many horrid ghosts. O oh, now, who will behold the royal captain of this ruined band, walking from watch to watch, from tent to tent, let him cry, praise and glory on his head? For forth he goes and visits all his host them good-morrow with a modest smile, and calls them brothers, friends, and countrymen. Upon his royal face there is no note how dread an army hath enrounded him, nor doth he dedicate one jot of colour unto the weary and all-watched knight, but freshly looks and overbears the taint with cheerful semblance and sweet majesty, that every wretch, pining and pale before, beholding him, plucks comfort from his looks a largess universal like the sun his liberal eye doth give to every one thawing cold fear that mean and gentle all behold as may unworthiness define a little touch of harry in the night and so our scene must to the battle fly where oh for pity we shall much disgrace with four or five most vile and ragged foils right ill-disposed in brawl ridiculous the name of agincourt yet sit and see minding true things by what their mockeries be exit scene i the english camp at agincourt enter king henry bedford and gloucester
1: Gloucester, tis true that we are in great danger, the greater therefore should our courage be. Good morrow, brother Bedford. God Almighty, there is some soul of goodness in things evil would men observingly distill it out. For our bad neighbour makes us early stirrers, which is both healthful and good husbandry. Besides, they are our outward consciences, and preachers to us all, admonishing that we should dress us fairly for our end, thus may we gather honey from the weed and make a moral of the devil himself
0: enter erpingham
1: good morrow old sir thomas erpingham a good soft pillow for that good white head were better than a churlish turf of france
2: not so my liege this lodging likes me better since i may say now i lie like a king
1: tis good for men to love their present pains upon example so the spirit is eased and when the mind is quickened out of doubt, the organs, though defunct and dead before, break up their drowsy grave and newly move with casted slough and fresh legerity. Lend me thy cloak, Sir Thomas. Brothers both, commend me to the princes in our camp. Do my good morrow to them, and anon desire them and to my pavilion.
3: We shall, my liege.
2: Shall I attend your grace?
1: No, my good knight. Go with my brothers to my lords of England. I and my bosom must debate a while, and then I would no other company.
2: The Lord in heaven bless thee, noble Harry.
0: Exeunt all but King Henry.
1: God a mercy, old heart. Thou speaks cheerfully.
0: Enter Pistol. la
1: A friend.
4: Discuss unto me. Art thou officer, or art thou base, common, and popular?
1: I am a gentleman of a company
4: trailest thou the puissant pike
1: even so what are you
4: as good a gentleman as the emperor
1: then you are a better than the king
4: the king's a boarcock and a art of gold a lad of life a imp of fame of parents good of fist most valiant i kiss his dirty shoe and from the heart-string i love the lovely bully what is thy name
1: harry Leroy.
4: Leroy, a cornish name art thou of cornish crew
1: no i am a welshman
4: Know'st thou flew yes tell him i'll knock his leek about his pate upon st davy's day
1: do not you wear your dagger in your cap that day lest he knock that about yours
4: art thou his friend
1: and his kinsman too
4: the fee go for thee then
1: i thank you god be with you
4: my name is pistol called
1: exit it sorts well with your fierceness Enter Fluellen and
0: Gower. Captain
5: Fluellen.
6: So in the name of Jesu Christ, speak lower. It is the greatest admiration of the universal world when the true and ancient prerogatives and laws of the wars is not kept. If you would take the pains but to examine the wars of Pompey the Great, you shall find, I warrant you, that there is no tittle toddle nor pibble-pabble in Pompey's camp. I warrant you, you shall find the ceremonies of the wars, and the cares of it, and the forms of it, and the sobriety of it, and the modesty of it, to be otherwise."
5: Why the enemy is loud? You hear
6: him all night. If the enemy is an ass and a fool and a prating coxcomb, is it meet, think you, that we should also look you be an ass and a fool and a prating coxcomb? In your conscience
0: now,
5: I will speak lower.
6: I pray you and beseech you that you will.
0: Exeunt Gower and Flewellyn.
1: Though it appear a little out of fashion, there is much care and valor in this Welshman.
0: Enter three soldiers, John Bates, Alexander Court, and Michael Williams.
2: Brother John Bates, is
3: not that the morning which breaks yonder?
7: I think it be, but we have no great cause to desire the approach of day.
3: We see yonder the beginning of the day, but I think we shall never see the end of it. Who goes there? A friend. Under what captain serve you? Under
1: Sir Thomas Irpingham.
3: A good old commander, and a most kind gentleman. I pray you, what thinks he of our estate?
1: even as men wrecked upon a sand that look to be washed off the next tide
7: he hath not told his thought to the king
1: no nor it is not meet he should for though i speak it to you i think the king is but a man as i am the violet smells to him as it doth to me the element shows to him as it doth to me all his senses have but human conditions his ceremonies laid by in his nakedness he appears but a man and though his affections are higher mounted than ours yet when they stoop they stoop with the like wing therefore when he sees reason of fears as we do his fears out of doubt be of the same relish as ours are yet in reason no man should possess him with any appearance of fear lest he by showing it should dishearten his army
7: he may show what outward courage he will but i believe as cold a night as tis he could wish himself in thames up to the neck and so i would he were and i by him by all adventures So we were quit here.
1: By my troth I will speak my conscience of the king. I think he would not wish himself anywhere but where he is.
7: Then I would he were here alone. So should he be sure to be ransomed, and a many poor men's lives saved.
1: I dare say you love him not so ill to wish him here alone. Howsoever you speak this to feel other men's minds. Methinks I could not die anywhere so contented as in the king's company, his cause being just and his quarrel honourable.
3: "'That's more than we know.'
7: "'Aye, or more than we should seek after. "'For we know enough if we know we are the king's subjects. "'If his cause be wrong, our obedience to the king "'wipes the crime of it out of us.'
3: "'But if the cause be not good, "'the king himself hath a heavy reckoning to make. "'When all those legs and arms and heads chopped off in battle "'shall join together at the latter day and cry all, "'We died at such a place. "'Some swearing, some crying for a surgeon.' Some upon their wives left poor behind them. Some upon the debts they owe. Some upon their children, Raleigh left. I am afeard there are few die well that die in a battle. For how can they charitably dispose of anything when blood is their argument? Now if these men do not die well, it will be a black matter for the king that led them to it, whom to disobey were against all proportion of subjection.
1: So if a son that is by his father sent about merchandise do sinfully miscarry upon the sea, the imputation of his wickedness by your rule should be imposed upon his father that sent him, or if a servant, under his master's command, transporting a sum of money, be assailed by robbers and die in many irreconciled iniquities, you may call the business of the master the author of the servant's damnation. But this is not so the king is not bound to answer the particular endings of his soldiers the father of his son nor the master of his servant for they purpose not their death when they purpose their services besides there is no king be his cause never so spotless if it come to the arbitrament of swords can try it out with all unspotted soldiers some peradventure have on them the guilt of premeditated and contrived murder some of beguiling virgins with the broken seals of perjury, some, making the wars their bulwark, that have before gored the gentle bosom of peace with pillage and robbery. Now if these men have defeated the law and outrun native punishment, though they can outstrip men, they have no wings to fly from God. War is his beadle, war is vengeance. So that here men are punished for before breach of the king's laws in now the king's quarrel, where they feared the death they have borne life away, and where they would be safe they perish. Then if they die unprovided, no more is the king guilty of their damnation than he was before guilty of those impieties for the which they are now visited. Every subject's duty is the king's, but every subject's soul is his own. Therefore should every soldier in the wars do as every sick man in his bed, wash every mote out of his conscience, and dying so, death is to him advantage or not dying the time was blessedly lost wherein such preparation was gained and in him that escapes it were not sin to think that making god so free an offer he let him outlive that day to see his greatness and to teach others
3: how they should prepare tis certain every man that dies ill the ill upon his own head the king is not to answer it
7: but i do not desire he should answer for me and yet i determine to fight lustily for him
1: I myself heard the king say he would not be ransomed.
3: Aye, he said so to make us fight cheerfully. But when our throats are cut, he may be ransomed, and we ne'er the wiser.
1: If I live to see it, I will never trust his word after.
3: You pay him, then? That's a perilous shot out of an elder gun, that a poor and private displeasure can do against a monarch. You may as well go about to turn the sun to ice with fanning in his face with a peacock's feather. You'll never trust his word after come tis a foolish saying
1: your reproof is something too round i should be angry with you if the time were convenient
3: let it be a quarrel between us if you live
1: i embrace it
3: how shall i know thee again
1: give me any gauge of thine and i will wear it in my bonnet then if ever thou darest acknowledge it i will make it my quarrel
3: here's my glove give me another of thine there this will i also wear in my cap if ever thou come to me and say after to-morrow this is my glove by this hand i will take thee a box on the ear
1: if ever i live to see it i will challenge it
3: thou darest as well be hanged
1: well i will do it though i take thee in the king's company
3: keep thy word fare thee well
7: be friends you english fools be friends we have french quarrels enow if you could tell how to reckon
1: indeed the french may lay twenty french crowns to one they will beat us for they bear them on their shoulders but it is no English treason to cut French crowns, and to-morrow the king himself will be a clipper.
0: Exeunt Soldiers Upon the king.
1: Let us our lives, our souls, our debts, our careful wives, our children and our sins lay on the king. We must bear all. O hard condition! Twin-born with greatness, subject to the breath of every fool whose sense no more can feel but his own ringing, WHAT INFINITE HEART'S EASE MUST KINGS NEGLECT, THAT PRIVATE MEN ENJOY? AND WHAT HAVE KINGS THAT PRIVATES HAVE NOT too, SAVE CEREMONY, SAVE GENERAL CEREMONY? AND WHAT ART THOU, THOU idle CEREMONY? WHAT KIND OF GOD ART THOU, THAT SUFFEREST MORE OF MORTAL GRIEFS THAN DO THY WORSHIPPERS? WHAT ARE THY RENTS? WHAT ARE THY COMINGS IN? O CEREMONY, SHOW ME BUT THY WORTH! What is thy soul of adoration? Art thou aught else but place, degree, and form, Creating awe and fear in other men? Wherein thou art less happy being feared than they in fearing? What drink'st thou oft, instead of homage sweet, but poisoned flattery? O be sick great greatness, and bid thy ceremony give thee cure. Think'st thou the fiery fever will go out, with titles blown from adulation? Will it give place to flexure and low bending? Canst thou, when thou commandst the beggar's knee, Command the health of it? No, thou proud dream, That place so subtly with a king's repose. I am a king that find thee, And I know tis not the balm, the sceptre and the ball, The sword, the mace, the crown imperial, The intertissued robe of gold and pearl, The farcid title running for the king, The throne he sits on, nor the tide of pomp that beats upon the high shore of this world. No, not all these thrice gorgeous ceremony, not all these laid in bed majestical can sleep so soundly as the wretched slave, who with a body filled and vacant mind gets him to rest, crammed with distressful bread. Never sees horrid night the child of hell, but like a lackey, from the rise to set, sweats in the eye of Phoebus, and all night sleeps in Elysium. Next day, after dawn, doth rise and help Hyperion to his horse, and follows so the ever-running year with profitable labour to his grave. And but for ceremony, such a wretch, winding up days with toil and nights with sleep, had the forehand and vantage of a king. The slave, a member of the country's peace, enjoys it, BUT IN GROSS BRAIN LITTLE WATTS WHAT WATCH THE KING KEEPS TO MAINTAIN THE PEACE, WHOSE HOURS THE PEASANT BEST ADVANTAGES.
0: ENTER IRPINGHAM.
2: MY LORD, YOUR NOBLES JEALOUS OF YOUR ABSENCE, SEEK THROUGH YOUR CAMP TO FIND YOU.
1: GOOD OLD knight, COLLECT THEM ALL TOGETHER AT MY TENT. I'LL BE BEFORE THEE.
2: I SHALL DO IT, MY LORD.
0: EXIT.
1: O GOD OF BATTLES, STEAL MY SOLDIERS' HEARTS. Possess them not with fear. Take from them now the sense of reckoning, if the opposed numbers pluck their hearts from them. Not to-day, O Lord, O not to-day. Think not upon the fault my father made encompassing the crown. I, Richard's body, have interred anew, and on it have bestowed more contrite tears than from it issued forced drops of blood. Five hundred poor I have in yearly pay, who twice a day their withered hands hold up toward heaven to pardon blood. And I have built two chantries, where the sad and solemn priests sing still for Richard's soul. More will I do, though all that I can do is nothing worth, since that my penitence comes after all imploring pardon.
0: Enter Gloucester.
8: My liege.
1: My brother Gloucester's voice. Ay, I know thy errand. I will go with thee the day my friends and all things stay for me
0: exeunt scene two the french camp enter the dauphin orleans ramboret and others
7: the sun doth gild our armor up my lords
9: montez a cheval my horse varlet lacay ah
7: o brave spirit
9: viens les eaux et la terre
7: rien puis air et le feu
9: ciel cousin orleans
0: enter constable
9: now my lord constable
0: hark our
10: steeds for present service nigh
9: mount them and make incision in their heights that their hot blood may spin in english eyes and doubt them with a superfluous courage Ha! <sighs> what will you have them weep our horses blood how shall we
0: then behold their natural tears enter messenger the english are embattled you french peers
10: to horse your gallant princes straight to horse do but behold yon poor and starved band and your fair show shall suck away their souls leaving them but the shales and husks of men there is not work enough for all our hands scarce blood enough in all their sickly veins to give each naked kirtle-axe a stain that our french gallant shall to-day draw out and sheath for lack of sport, let us but blow on them. The vapour of our valour will overturn them. Tis positive, gainst all exceptions, lords, that our superfluous lackeys and our peasants, who in unnecessary action swarm about our squares of battle, were enow to purge this field of such a hilding foe, though we upon this mountain's basis by took stand for idle speculation. But that our honours must not. What's to say? A very little, little. Let us do, and all is done. Then let the trumpets sound, the tucket sonance, and the note to mount. For our approach shall so much dare the field that England shall couch down in
0: fear and yield. Enter Grandpre.
2: Why do you stay so long, my lords of France? Yon island carrions, desperate of their bones, ill-favouredly become the morning field. Their ragged curtains poorly are let loose, and our air shakes them, passing scornfully. Big Mar seems bankrupt in their beggared host, and faintly through a rusty beaver peeps. The horsemen sit like fixed candlesticks, with torch-staves in their hand, and their poor jades lob down their heads, dropping the hides and hips the gum down-roping from their pale-dead eyes, and in their pale dull mouths the gimel bit lies foul with chewed grass, still and motionless, and their executors, the knavish crows, fly o'er them, all impatient for their hour. Description cannot suit itself in words to demonstrate the life of such a battle in life so lifeless as it shows itself.
10: They have said their prayers, and they stay for death
9: shall we go send them dinners and fresh suits and give their fasting horses provender, and after fight with them
10: i stay but for my gidden to the field i will the banner from a trumpet take and use it for my haste come come away the sun is high and we outwear the day
0: exeunt scene three the english camp enter gloucester bedford Exeter, Irpingham, with all his host, Salisbury and Westmorland.
3: Where is the king?
2: The king himself is rode to view their battle.
11: Of fighting men, they have full three score thousand. There's five to one. Besides, they are all fresh.
4: God's arms strike with us. Tis a fearful odds. God be with you, princes all, all to my charge, if we no more meet till we meet in heaven then joyfully my noble lord of bedford my dear lord gloucester and my good lord exeter and my kind kinsman
2: what is all adieu farewell good salisbury and good luck go with thee
11: farewell kind lord fight valiantly to-day and yet i do thee wrong to mind thee of it for thou art framed of the firm truth of valor
0: exit salisbury
2: he is full of valor as of kindness princely in
3: both
0: enter the king
3: oh that we had now here but one ten thousand of those men in england that do no work to-day
1: what's he that wishes so my cousin westmoreland no my fair cousin if we are marked to die we are enow to do our country loss and if to live the fewer men the greater share of honour god's will i pray thee wish not one man more by jove i am not covetous for gold nor care I who doth feed upon my cost. It yearns me not if men my garments wear. Such outward things dwell not in my desires. But if it be a sin to covet honour, I am the most offending soul alive. No, faith, my cause, wish not a man from England. God's peace! I would not lose so great an honour as one man more methinks would share for me for the best hope I have. O, do not wish one more. Rather proclaim it, Westmoreland, through my host, that he which hath no stomach to this fight let him depart. His passport shall be made, and crowns for convoy put into his purse. We would not die in that man's company that fears his fellowship to die with us. This day is called the Feast of Crispian. He that outlives this day, and comes safe home, Will stand a tiptoe when the day is named and rouse him at the name of Crispian. He that shall live this day and see old age will yearly on the vigil feast his neighbors and say, To morrow is Saint Crispian. Then will he strip his sleeve and show his scars and say, These wounds I had on Crispian's day. Old men forget, yet all shall be forgot. But he'll remember with advantages what feats he did that day. Then shall our names, familiar in his mouth as household words, Harry the king, Bedford and Exeter, Warwick and Talbot, Salisbury and Gloucester, be in their flowing cups freshly remembered. This story shall the good man teach his son and Crispin Crispian shall ne'er go by, from this day to the ending of the world, but we in it shall be remembered. We few, we happy few, we band of brothers, for he to-day that sheds his blood with me shall be my brother, be he ne'er so vile, this day shall gentle his condition. And gentlemen in England now abed, Shall think themselves accursed they were not here, and hold their manhoods cheap, whilst any speaks that fought with us upon Saint Crispin's Day. Re-enter
0: Salisbury.
4: My sovereign lord, bestow yourself with speed. The French are bravely in a battle set, and will with all expedients charge upon us.
1: All things are ready, if our minds be so.
3: Perish the man whose mind is backward now.
1: Thou dost not wish more help from England,
3: God's will, my liege, would you and I alone, without more help, could fight this royal battle?
1: Why now thou hast unwished five thousand men which likes me better than to wish us one? you know your places, God be with you all,
12: tucket enter, Montjoy once more. I come to know of thee, King Harry, if for thy ransom thou wilt now compound before thy most assured overthrow for certainly thou art so near the gulf thou needs must be inglutted. besides in mercy the constable desires thee thou wilt mind thy followers of repentance that their souls may make a peaceful and a sweet retire from aught these fields where wretches their poor bodies must lie and fester
1: who hath sent thee now
12: the constable of france
1: i pray thee bear my former answer back bid them achieve me and then sell my bones Good God, why should they mock poor fellows thus? The man that once did sell the lion's skin while the beast lived was killed with hunting him. A many of our bodies shall no doubt find native graves, upon the which I trust shall witness live in brass of this day's work, and those that leave their valiant bones in France dying like men, though buried in your dung hills, they shall be famed. For there the sun shall greet them, and draw their honours reeking up to heaven leaving their earthly parts to choke your clime, the smell whereof shall breed a plague in France. Mark, then, a bounding valour in our English, that, being dead, like to the bullets grazing, break out into a second course of mischief, killing in relapse of mortality. Let me speak proudly. Tell the constable we are but warriors for the working day, Our gayness and our guilt are all besmirched with rainy marching in the painful field. There's not a piece of feather in our host. Good argument, I hope, we will not fly, and time hath worn us into slovenry. But by the mass our hearts are in the trim, and my poor soldiers tell me, yet ere night they'll be in fresher robes, or they will pluck the gay new coats or the French soldiers' heads and turn them out of service. If they do this, as, if God please, they shall. My ransom then will soon be levied. Herald, save thou thy labour. Come thou no more for ransom, gentle Herald. They shall have none, I swear, but these my joints. Which, if they have as I will leave em then, shall yield them little. Tell the constable.
12: I shall, King Harry, and so fare thee well. Thou never shalt hear Herald any more. Exit.
1: I fear thou'lt once more come again for ransom
0: enter york my
4: lord most humbly on my knee i beg the leading
0: of the vanguard.
1: take it brave york now soldiers march away and how thou pleasest god dispose the day
0: Exeunt. scene four the field of battle alarum excursions enter pistol french soldier and boy
9: ye old coeur je pense que vous êtes gentilhomme de bonne qualité Qualité,
4: calmier, casture, may. Art thou a gentleman? What is thy name? Discuss. Oh, Seigneur Dieu. Oh, Seigneur Dieu should be a gentleman. Perpend my words, Oh, Seigneur Dieu, and mark. Oh, Seigneur Dieu, thou diest on point of fox. Except, Oh, Seigneur, thou do give to me egregious ransom.
9: Oh, prenez miséricorde,
4: ayez pitié de moi. Moi shall not serve i will have forty moys or i will fetch thy rim out at thy throat in drops of crimson blood
9: est-il impossible d'échapper la force de ton bras
4: brass que, thou damned and luxurious mountain goat offerest me brass
9: oh pardonnez-moi
4: sayest thou me so is that a ton of moys come here boy ask me this slave in french what is his name
8: écoutez comment êtes-vous appelé
9: « Monsieur le fer.
8: »« He says his name is Master Fair. Master Fer. »« I'll fer him and ferk
4: him and ferret him. Discuss the same in French under him. »« I do not know the
8: French for fer and ferret and furk Bid him prepare, for I will cut his throat. »« Que dit-il, monsieur ?»« Il me commande de vous dire que vous faites vous prêt. car ce soldat ici est disposé tout à cette heure de couper votre gorge. » Ere we couple a gorge, Permafoy,
4: peasant! Unless thou give me crowns, brave crowns, or mangled shalt thou be by this my sword.
9: Oh, je vous supplie pour l'amour de Dieu, me pardonnez
8: Je suis gentilhomme de bonne maison. Gardez ma vie, et je vous donnerai deux cents écus. What are his words? He prays you to save his life. He is a gentleman at a good house, and for his ransom, he will give you two hundred crowns.  «
4: « Tell him my fury shall abate, and I the crowns will take. »
8: Petit monsieur, que dit-il Encore qu'il est contre son jurement de pardonner aucun prisonnier, néanmoins, pour les écus que vous l'avez promis, il est content de vous donner la liberté, le franchissement. Sur mes
9: genoux, je vous donne mille remerciements, et je m'estime heureux que je suis tombé entre les mains d'un chevalier, je pense, le plus brave, vaillant et très distingué seigneur d'Angleterre
8: expound unto me boy he gives you upon his knees a thousand thanks and he esteems himself happy that he hath fallen into the hands of one as he thinks the most brave valorous and thrice-worthy signor of england as i suck blood i will some mercy show follow me suivez vous le grand capitaine
0: exeunt pistol and french soldier
8: I did never know so full a voice issue from so empty a art, but the saying is true: the empty vessel makes the greatest sound. Bardolph and at ten times more value than the swearing devil, If held play that every one may his nails with a wooden dagger, and they are both angered and so would this be, if he durst steal anything adventurously. I must say, with the leggies, with the luggage of our camp, the French might have a good prey of us, if he knew of it, for there is none to guard it but by. Exit.
0: Scene 5. Another part of the field. Enter Constable Orléans, Bourbon, Dauphin, and Rambour.
10: oh diable oh seigneur le jour est perdu tu est perdu
9: mort de ma vie all this confounded. all reproach and everlasting shame sits mocking in our plumes oh mechante fortune do not run away a short alarm why all our ranks are broke oh perdurable shame let's stab ourselves Be these the wretches that we played at dice for.
7: Is this the king we sent to for his ransom?
4: Shame, an eternal shame, nothing but shame. Let us die in honour, once more back again. And he that will not follow Bourbon now, let him go hence, and with his cappied hand, like a base pander, hold the chamber door whilst by a slave. No gentler than my dog, his fairest daughter is contaminated.
10: Disorder that hath spoiled us, friend us now. Let us on heaps go offer up our lives.
7: We are enow, yet living in the field, to smother up the English in our throngs, if any order might be thought upon.
4: The devil take order now, out to the throng. Let life be short, else shame will be too long.
0: Exeunt. Scene 6. Another part of the field alarms enter king henry and forces exeter and others
1: well have we done thrice valiant countrymen but all's not done yet keep the french the field
11: the duke of york commends him to your majesty
1: lives he good uncle thrice within this hour i saw him down thrice up again in fighting from helmet to the spur all blood he was
11: in which array brave soldier doth he lie larding the plain and by his bloody side yoke fellow to his honour owing wounds the noble earl of suffolk also lies suffolk first died and york all haggled over comes to him wherein gore he lay in steeped and takes him by the beard kisses the gashes that bloodily did spawn upon his face and cries aloud tarry dear cousin suffolk my soul shall thine keep company to heaven tarry sweet soul for mine then fly abreast as in this glorious and well-foughten field we kept together in our chivalry upon these words i came and cheered him up he smiled me in the face wrought me his hand and with a feeble gripe says dear my lord commend my service to me sovereign so did he turn and over suffolk's neck he threw his wounded arm and kissed his lips and so espoused to death with blood he sealed a testament of noble ending love the pretty and sweet manner of it forced those waters from me which i would have stopped but i had not so much of man in me and all my mother came into mine eyes and gave me up to tears
1: i blame you not for hearing this i must perforce compound with mistful eyes or they will issue too alarum but hark what new alarum is this same the french have reinforced their scattered men then every soldier kill his prisoners give the word through
0: Scene seven. Another part of the field. Enter Fluellen and Gower.
6: Do kill the boys and the luggage. Tis expressly against the law of arms. Tis as arrant a piece of knavery, mark you now, as can be offered. In your conscience now, is it not?
5: Tis certain there's not a boy left alive, and the cowardly rascals that ran from the battle had done this slaughter besides they have burned and carried away all that was in the king's tent wherefore the king most worthily hath caused every soldier to cut his prisoner's throat Oh, tis a gallant king
6: ay he was born at monmouth captain gower what call you the town's name where alexander the pig was born
5: alexander the great
6: why i pray you is not pig great The pig or the great or the mighty or the huge or the magnanimous are all one reckoning, save the phrase is a little variations.
5: I think Alexander the Great was born in Macedon. His father was called Philip of Macedon, as I take it.
6: I think it is in Macedon where Alexander is born i tell you captain if you look in the maps of the world, i warrant you shall find in the comparisons between macedon and monmouth that the situations look you is both alike there is a river in macedon and there is also moreover a river at monmouth it is called wye at monmouth but it is out of my brains what is the name of the other river but tis all one, tis alike as my fingers is to my fingers, and there is summons in both. <laughs> if you mark Alexander's life well, Harry of Monmouth's life is come after it in different well, for there is figures in all things. Alexander, God knows, and you know in his rages and his fuelies and his wraths, and his colours, and his moods and his displeasures and his indignations and also being a little intoxicates in his prains, did in his ails and his angers look you kill his best friend
5: clitus our king is not like him in that he never killed any of his friends it is not well done mark you now take the
6: tales out of my mouth ere it is made and finish it. i speak but in the figures and comparisons of it as alexander killed his friend clitus being in his ales and his cups so also harry monmouth being in his right wits and his good judgments turned away the fat knight with the great belly doublet he was full of jests and japes and knaveries and mocks i have forgot his name
5: sir john falstaff
6: that is he i'll tell you there is good men pawn
5: at monmouth here comes his majesty
0: alarum enter king henry and forces warwick gloucester exeter and others
1: i was not angry since i came to france until this instant take a trumpet herald Ride thou unto the horsemen on yon hill. If they will fight with us, bid them come down. Avoid the field. They do offend our sight. If they'll do neither, we will come to them and make them scurry away as swift as stones enforced from the old Assyrian slings. Besides, we'll cut the throats of those we have, and not a man of them that we shall take shall taste our mercy. Go, and tell them so. Enter
11: Montjoy. Here comes the herald of the French, my liege. His eyes are humbler than they used to be.
1: How now, what means this herald? Know'st thou not that I have fined these bones of mine for ransom? Comest thou again for ransom?
12: No, great king. I come to thee for charitable license, that we may wander all this bloody field to look our dead, and then to bury them, to sort our nobles from our common men. For many of our princes, woe the while, lie drowned and soaked in mercenary blood. So do our vulgar drench their peasant limbs in blood of princes and their wounded steeds fret fetlock deep in gore and with wild rage yerk out their armed heels at their dead masters killing them twice oh give us leave great king to view the field in safety and dispose of their dead bodies
1: i tell thee truly herald i know not if the day be ours or no for yet are many of your horsemen peer and gallop o'er the field.
12: the day is yours praised be god and not our strength for it
1: what is this castle called that stands hard by? They call it
12: Agincourt.
1: Then call we this the field of Agincourt, fought on the day of Crispin Crispianus.
6: You were grandfather of famous memory, and please your majesty, and your great uncle Edward, the black prince of Wales, as I have read in the chronicles, fought a most brave battle here in France.
1: They did, Flewellen.
6: Your majesty says very true. If your majesty is remembered of it, the welshmen did good service in a garden where leeks did grow, wearing leeks in their monmouth caps, which your majesty know to this hour is an honourable badge of the service. And I do believe your majesty takes no scorn to wear the leek upon St. Tavy's day.
1: I wear it for a memorable honour for i am welsh you know good countryman
6: all the water in wye cannot wash your majesty's welsh blood out of your body i can tell you that god bless it and preserve it as long as it pleases his grace and his majesty too
1: thanks good my countryman
6: by jishu i am your majesty's countryman i care not who know it i will confess it to all the world i need not to be ashamed of your majesty praise it be got so long as your majesty is an honest man
1: god keep me so our heralds go with him bring me just notice of the numbers dead on both our parts call yonder fellow hither points to williams
0: exeunt heralds with montjoy
11: soldier you must come to the king
1: soldier why wearest thou that glove in thy cap
3: "'And, please, your majesty, tis the gage of one that I should fight withal, if he be alive.' "'An Englishman?' "'And, please, your majesty, a rascal that swaggered with me last night, "'who, if alive and ever dare to challenge this glove, I have sworn to take him a box of the ear. "'Or, if I can see my glove in his cap, which he swore as he was a soldier he would wear for alive, "'I will strike it out soundly.'
1: "'What think you, Captain Fluellen? Is it fit this soldier keep his oath?'
3: he is
6: a craven and a villain else and please your majesty in my conscience
1: it may be his enemy is a gentleman of great sort quite from the answer of his degree
6: though he be as good a gentleman as the devil is as lucifer and belzebub himself it is necessary look your grace that he keep his vow and his oath If he be perjured, see you now, his reputation is as arrant a villain, and a jack sauce, as ever his black shoe trod upon God's ground and his earth, in my conscience,
1: then keep that vow, sirrah when thou meetest the fellow.
3: So I will, my liege, as I live.
1: Who servest thou under?
3: Under Captain Gower, my liege. Gower is a good captain, and is good
6: knowledge and literature in the wars.
1: Call him hither to me, soldier.
6: I
3: will, my liege. Exit.
1: Here, fluellen Wear thou this favour for me, and stick it in thy cap. When Alençon and myself were down together, I plucked this glove from his helm. If any man challenge this, he is a friend to Alençon, and an enemy to our person. If thou encounter any such, apprehend him, and thou dost me love.'
6: Your grace does me as great honours as can be desired in the hearts of his subjects. I would fain see the man that has but two legs that shall find himself aggrieved at this glove. That is all, but I would fain see it once and please God of his grace that I might see.
1: Know'st thou Gower?
6: He is my dear friend and please you.
1: "'Pray thee, go seek him, and bring him to my tent.'
6: "'I will fetch him.' "'Exit.
1: "'My lord of Warwick, and my brother Gloucester, "'follow Fluellen closely at the heels. "'The glove which I have given him for a favour "'may happily purchase him a box of the ear. "'It is the soldier's. "'I, by bargain, should wear it myself. "'Follow, good cousin Warwick. "'If that the soldier strike him, "'as I judge by his blunt bearing he will keep his word, "'some sudden mischief may arise of it.' for I do know, Fluellen, valiant, and, touched with collar, hot as gunpowder, and quickly will return an injury. Follow, and see there be no harm between them. Go you with me, uncle of Exeter.
0: Exeunt. Scene 8. Before King Henry's Pavilion. Enter Gower and
3: Williams. I warrant it is to night, you, Captain. Enter Fluellen. God's
6: will and his pleasure, captain, I beseech you now, come apace to the king. There is more good toward you peradventure than is in your knowledge to dream of.
3: Sir, know you this glove? Know the glove I know the glove is glove. I know this, and thus I challenge it.
0: Strikes him
6: sblood an arrant traitor as any in the universal world or in france or in england
5: how now sir you villain
6: do you think i'll be forsworn stand away captain gower i will give treason his payment into plows i warrant you i am no traitor that's a lie in thy throat i charge you in his majesty's name apprehend him he's a friend of the duke Alanson's
0: enter warwick and gloucester
6: how now how now what's the matter my lord of warwick here is praise it be god for it a most contagious treason come to light look you as you shall desire in a summer's day here's his majesty
0: enter king henry and exeter
1: how now what's the matter
6: my liege here is a villain and a traitor that look your grace has struck the glove which your majesty is take out of the helmet of alanson
3: my liege this was my glove here is the fellow of it and he that i gave it to in change promised to wear it in his cap i promised to strike him if he did i met this man with my glove in his cap and i have been as good as my word
6: your majesty here now, save in your majesty's manhood, what an arrant, rascally, beggarly, lousy knave it is. I hope your majesty is bear me testimony and witness, and will avouchment that this is the glove of Alanson that your majesty is give me in your conscience now.
1: Give me thy glove, soldier. Look, here is the fellow of it. Twas I indeed thou promisedest to strike and thou hast given me most bitter terms
6: and please your majesty let his neck answer for it if there is any martial law in the world
3: how canst thou make me satisfaction all offences my lord come from the heart never came any from mine that might offend your majesty
1: it was ourself thou didst abuse
3: your majesty came not like yourself you appeared to me but as a common man witness the night your garments your lowliness and what your highness suffered under that shape i beseech you take it for your own fault and not mine for had you been as i took you for i made no offence therefore i beseech your highness pardon me
1: here uncle exeter fill this glove with crowns and give it to this fellow keep it fellow and wear it for an honour in thy cap till i do challenge it give him the crowns and captain you must needs be friends with him
6: by this day and this light the fellow has metal enough in his belly <laughs> hold there is twelve pence for you and i pray you to serve God and keep you out of prawls and prabbles and quarrels and dissensions and i warrant you it is the better for you
3: i will none of your money it is with a good will
6: i can tell you it will serve to mend your shoes come wherefore should you be so pushful? your shoes is not so good <laughs> tis a good ceiling, i warrant you or i will change it
0: enter an english herald
1: now herald are the dead numbered here is the number of the
3: slaughtered french
1: what prisoners of good sort are taken uncle
11: charles duke of orleans nephew to the king john duke of bourbon and lord Busaqualt. of other lords and barons knights and squires fall fifteen hundred besides common men
1: this note doth tell me of ten thousand french that in the fields lie slain of princes in this number and nobles bearing banners there lie dead one hundred twenty-six added to these of knights esquires and gallant gentlemen eight thousand and four hundred of the which five hundred were but yesterday dubbed knights. So that, in these ten thousand they have lost, there are but sixteen hundred mercenaries. The rest are princes, barons, lords, knights, squires, and gentlemen of blood and quality. The names of those their nobles that lie dead—Charles Delabreth, High Constable of France, Jacques of Châtillon, Admiral of France, the master of the crossbows, Lord Rambours, great master of France, the brave Sir Guisha Dauphin, John, Duke of Alençon, Anthony, Duke of Brabant, the brother of the Duke of Burgundy, and Edward, Duke of Bar, of lusty earls Grandpre and Roussy, Fossonbourg and Foix, Beaumont and Marle, Vaudemont and Lestral, here was a royal fellowship of death. Where is the number of our English dead? Edward, the Duke of York, the Earl of Suffolk, Sir Richard Ketley, Davy Gam, Esquire, None else of name, and of all other men but five and twenty. O God, thy arm was here, and not to us, but to thy arm alone ascribe we all. When, without stratagem, but in plain shock and even play of battle, was ever known so great and little loss on one part and on the other take it god for it is none but thine
11: tis wonderful
1: come go we in procession to the village and be it death proclaimed through our host to boast of this or take the praise from god which is his only
6: is it not lawful and please your majesty to tell how many is killed
1: yes captain but with this acknowledgment that God fought for us,
6: yes, my conscience He did us great good,
1: do we all holy rites, let there be sung non nobis and to Deum, the dead with charity enclosed in clay, and then to Calais, and to England, then, where ne'er from France arrived more happy men
0: Exeunt. End of Act four.